Alexa, what is the best podcast in the land? Here's pulling back the curtain podcast registered from Amazon Music. Playing the latest episode. This podcast is sponsored by Sumato Coffee. Sumato Coffee believes that coffee should be unique and high quality from bean to cup. Beyond that, it starts to become stale. At Sumato Coffee, they're incredibly concerned and transparent about when your coffee is roasted. That's why they put the roast date right on the bag. Pulling Back the Curtain podcast listeners receive a 20% discount off their order by using promo code BALLERSCOFFEE. To learn more about Sumato Coffee, please visit them at sumatocoffee.com. That's S-U-M-A-T-O-C-O-F-F-E-E.com. What's happening, people, and what you know good? We'd like to thank you for listening and spending your time with us. This is Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast, the most provocative, the most exciting, the baddest, baddest podcast in the land. We come with the dopest topics, hitting with the rawest opinion while giving you the straight-up facts. No fake news here. I'm Jules. I'm Press. We give sight to the blind, ladies and gentlemen. Alexa, what is the baddest podcast in the land? Here's Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast registered from Amazon Music. Playing the latest episode. Season three of the Pulling Back the Curtain podcast is brought to you by Sumato Coffee. Pulling Back the Curtain podcast listeners will receive a 20% discount on your order by using promo code BALLERSCOFFEE. To learn more about Sumato Coffee, please visit their website at www.sumatocoffee.com. That's S-U-M-A-T-O-C-O-F-F-E-E.com. What's happening, people? And what you know good? We'd like to thank you for listening and spending your time with us. This is Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast, the most provocative, the most exciting, the baddest, baddest podcast in the land. We come with the dopest topics, hitting with our rawest opinion, while giving you the straight-up facts. That's right. No fake news here. I'm Jules. I'm Press. On today's show, we pull back the curtain on your questions for us and much, much more. Press, what's popping, baby? Man, I'm good, Jules. And, and audience, uh, Jules is definitely correct. We told you we had owed you guys on these questions. So we're going to dedicate this whole entire episode to your questions. So that way you guys can stop asking, hey, when you going to get to my question? <laughs> 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 yes, sir. This is a good episode to get, get kind of caught up with. I'm not going to throw anybody out there, but it's been a couple of y'all, some questions that we're going to answer today. You're going to send about two or three emails asking when we're going to get to your question. I'm like, damn. No. I ain't going to put you on blast. <laughs> but y'all got to be nice to us. I told y'all we were working through these questions now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Prince, what's going on with you, man? Everything smooth? Yeah, hey, Jules, I got some good news for you, man. The garage oh, is totally done. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah, so everything's up. The structure's up. The final inspection is next week. Then when they get done with the final inspection, we're going to put up the insulation on the wall so that way we'll be able to pod without any uh, interruptions and it will be good to go. Oh, dude, I know, you, I know you're excited, man. That's that's great, man. That's great news there. Man, I can't wait, bro. Man, I'm so excited. And also, too, it'll be kind of cool uh, to test out a new area to record, you know, and then also mm-hmm. see how to work with us, you know, recording live in person. Because I think that might be- add another element to the show. So I'm I'm looking forward to it, bro. Man, you and me both, man. I can't wait. So, all right. So I got to roll out there to Cooper's Hawk or, or Benny's and grab your wine now. Yes, sir. And then also, too, <laughs> when we do that, it'll probably be mid-September. But when, when we get that going, I told you, I'm going to fire up that grill. So make sure you call that day off work or, you know, have yourself a little vacation day or something. 
Oh, yes, sir. Probably bring up some extra stuff to throw in that grill, too. Okay, do it. Do it. I'll, I'll see if Dub want to stop by, too. We'll have a, we'll, we'll kick back. Yeah. yeah, that's what's up, man. Yeah, but everything going good on your end, though? Woo, just trying to stay cool in this heat. Boy, it's been hot in the motherfucker out here, boy. Hey, <laughs> hot and humid. Even at nighttime, it's just sticky. Mm-hmm. This that hot, like I told you once before, you got to take multiple showers in a day. You're like, okay. I went outside, did some yard work. Now I'm taking a shower. I went to the store. Yep. Now I come back home. Now I got a shower. <laughs> it's that <Dang>. kind of hot. <laughs> and I just recently, uh, I put some Freon in the car because it was starting to blow out that, uh, it wasn't cool air that, that you yep. know, and turn the AC. I said, oh, no. Nah. I said, no, nah, I'm going to die up in here. Yo, you like, I, Ooh, I put that, that I thing that, in. I need that Freon recharge. Oh, yeah. I put that thing in there, shook that can up, spray that stuff. Like, it's like a new car. <laughs> Icebox up in that mug. So, yeah, man, everything good. I'm just just trying to beat the heat. There you go. But, you know, I'm not going to complain too much about this heat, man, because that hawk is waiting for us around the corner. So I'm going to enjoy this mm-hmm. heat as much as I can. I'll take these showers. But I'm telling you, when that cold comes in, bro, man, my attitude's going to be... I don't even want to think about it, man. No. <laughs> I just don't want to think about it. <laughs> Damn. But now, other than that, man, everything's good. The summer, man, is just, it, it feels like to me, this summer has just blown by, man. Like, it's almost already September. And I'm like, damn, where'd this time go? Where'd this year go? It's just crazy. It's just, I don't know. Yeah. Time passes by. If you don't stop and turn around, you'll miss it. <laughs> you ain't lying about that. You ain't lying about that. Man, because now we're getting in the, in the back end of the, of the year. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, we, like we said last week, we're going to talk with it, getting into Thanksgiving and Christmas all over again. Oh, boy. I, you know, <laughs> now this is my thing. The holiday part is cool. I just know what that weather's getting ready to come. That's that's the thing. I'm like, yeah. Man, oh. But I know you like your seasons, Jules, so I'm not going mm-hmm. to hate on it too much. I know you love your seasons, so I'm going to bear with it. I just hope that we don't have no blizzard conditions again, and I hope that nothing yeah. happens on Mark Garage this time around. Hope this is good. Oh, damn. <laughs> oh, no, you're good, man. That thing is... That thing is up, strong. Nothing's going to tear it down. I know you, Chris, and the people you went with, I know they on their P's and Q's. So oh, yeah. you probably, probably out there managing like, all right, man, what kind of concrete were you using? Oh, man, I'm telling you, I, I felt like I was the foreman, man. I was out there. They had four different crews that came up. <laughs> I knew everybody. <laughs> hey, man, let me see you. the blueprints, man. I'm like, Larry, so what are we doing today? <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm on YouTube looking at something. I'm like, oh, okay, so this is the design that we're doing on the inside. Okay, so then I was like, so so then they butt up against you? Like, I'm asking all these questions. This guy's looking at me like, man, where is this dude out here? I'm like, listen, I got a lot of questions, sir, and we're going to make sure this thing is done correctly. Right. <laughs> man, yeah. Ooh, I can't wait. That's nice, man. I can't wait to come over, man, check it out when it's all done, man. Yeah. Also, I got to get the yard recited because they had to dig to do the uh, the power to the garage. So I'm oh, going right, right. Once we get that, then I'll be ready to go. So I probably need like about two okay. weeks to get the yard on point. Because, you know, right now I'm looking at my yard and I'm just like, man, it's a, it looks like a fucking massacre out there with the damn grass all torn up. No, gotcha. You know how that goes. Yeah, because they put that, they put that, uh, the power line, what, about a foot? Is it a foot yeah. underground? Well, a foot underground. Yep. Foot, yeah, yep. So they got to go deep. Mm, man. But hey, well, we back though. So audience, oh, a couple yeah. weeks man, in. That's... We got the first pod live in the studio in the garage. 
Yeah. <laughs> on studio, studio prayers. That's right. But you know what? Before we get into uh, the episode, when we first started the podcast, our whole thing was we were going to do it live and in person. Then the pandemic happened, and then we just got used to doing it remotely. So I'm really excited to be able to do it in person. And I, like I said, I think it's going to add a nice layer to the conversation, you know? Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I agree. Especially when you bring that wine over. <laughs> yeah, so bring a nice big bottle for you. I'll, I'll grab me some uh, cherry Dr. Pepper for me. And we all good. And we all good. And we all good. Well, one thing that I wanted to talk to you about, we've been in a lot of questions about the Afghanistan. I mean, a lot of questions from listeners about Afghanistan. So before we get into our fair and foul and these mailbag questions, I did want to, you know, give my little debrief on the situation over there. So audience, yes, I did see the strike that happened. And it wasn't a surprise to me because President Biden said he was going to retaliate. And I'm telling you, Jules, mm-hmm. President Biden, he looked like he had a little terror in his eyes. Like, he was ready for some smoke, Jules. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think uh, I think Mrs. Biden uh, told him, hey, uh, you know, you do something extra for it, I'll take care of you. Because, man, that boy, <laughs> he was saying, that dude had a different, he had a, he had some swag in that in, in, his, in his speech now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think he, he got a little extra incentive for it. And you know what? He responded like a president should. I mean... Yep. Could anybody predict this? Anybody can Monday morning quarterback this thing. Anybody can say, oh, well, yeah, Biden could have did this. You wouldn't have this. Well, okay. I'm sorry. You know, man, thoughts and prayers definitely goes out to the Marines and also to the Afghan uh, people out there who lost their lives. But Biden came back and was like, okay, we're going to hunt you down, make you pay. And he sent them drones over there. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And he also said, too, Jules, the one, the part that I was like is he's like, we will hunt you down and make you pay. And when he said that yeah. part, I was like, okay. And that, that's why when you made that comment about Dr. Jill Biden, you know she must have said something. She got in his head because that man came to play. He wasn't like, uh-uh, we ain't, oh, yeah. like that. we ain't going out like that. No, it wasn't no, it was, it wasn't no soft speech. He, he he came out was like, okay, we make... You know, and they asked Jen Psaki, one of the reporters asked Ms. Psaki, what does President mean by that? Does he mean you know, bring them to justice uh, and, and charge them. She was like, no, she, he wants them gone from the face of this earth. I was like, yeah. dang, okay. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it, was, it was pretty direct. Yeah. Now, for that person, well, I know he's just doing his job, but I was like, brother, when somebody say, we're going to hunt you down make you pay, he ain't talking about just, yeah, we're going to, you know, charge you. Yeah, guilty. No, no, no. no, no. Uh-uh, uh-uh. He's, talking about, <laughs> he's talking about take you somewhere <laughs> and blowing, <laughs> blowing things up. Yeah, to take you to that place of no return. Well, that's what he's talking yeah. about. Mm-hmm. But this is the thing, though, and this is the part that I want to make sure that our audience realizes. Yeah, Biden stepped up in this moment, and he let them know, hey, we're not going to back down in this situation. But just know that it's probably going to be some sort of uh, response back in the next couple of days. I mean, especially as they're uh-huh. trying to get more people evacuated. This situation is far from over, Jules. No, you're right, Perez. To get the Taliban and... Yeah, ISIS. Now it's ISIS K. K. Yep. K. Uh, and it's like okay, and they claim responsible for the bombing out, outside the airport. Now, with that, Perez, you are absolutely right. Another threat. We can't. We got to play this one close to the chest. We got to get these people out. We got to get Americans out. We got to make sure people are safe, and also take care of the, take care of this threat. So. Like you said, Perez, we really got to play this to a chest. Really got to have our intels going and getting information and 
seeing what's going on out there and where are the people at and where the safe pastures and what can we do, bring up operations and be strategic and and all them things. So, so yeah, we're not out the woods yet, man. No, we sure. And uh, I still hope that we can get our allies out of there. Any of our, you know, U.S. people that are still there, hopefully we can get everybody out of there safely. But again, you know, President Biden, did what he had to do in this situation. I know we criticized him last week and the way that he handled hastily pulling the troops out of the country. But mm-hmm. I do like the response that he made this week. I thought, like you said, Jules, it's uh, it just showed some strength. And that, that was something, not that I was trying to say that he didn't show that in the past, but I just saw a different side of him in that moment. I said, okay, I see you. He was, he's, he was resolute and he was definitive in that action. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey that's what I like. That's what I like in him. Came up and, and you know, a lot of people from the right and probably some Republicans was how strong is uh, Biden? And he showed you right then and there. So we're in good hands. I'm not worried. I, I believe he'll get the job done. Yeah, I, I agree with you as well on that. All right, man. Well, let's get into our fair and foul so audience. Okay. We're going to revisit one from a couple weeks ago. And then we got a new one. So <laughs> we're going to revisit the reverse noise complaint that I made on my vacation. So... Jules, fair file on me making a reverse <laughs> noise complaint <laughs> on vacation. I, well, I was laughing for five minutes, but hey, listen, I say fair. <laughs> you on vacation, Prez. You on vacation. And if somebody call and disturb and you on vacation, like what? Hey, man, you could have stayed at home if you're going to do all this. No, I say fair. I call it fair. You go back. All right, I'm going to give you a taste of your own medicine. Take this. <laughs> <laughs> so I had some time to think on it. So initially, in that moment, obviously, I, I was like, man, that was fair, right? But now that I had like a week or so to kind of think on it, I got to call mm-hmm. foul on myself, uh, Jules. Uh-oh. Oh, snap. Okay. So I'm going to say this. Anyone that listens to this show, you guys know I probably have like a slight petty side to me. I'm okay with it, right? But I kind of felt like even thinking back on what I did, that was kind of a new low for me. So uh, (laughs) in the moment, it felt good. But then when I look back on it, I'm like, (laughs) man, I gave them people some some attention that they didn't even deserve. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Gotcha. I gotcha. (laughs) <laughs> but hey but i appreciate you having my back because i'm telling you uh, yeah. Jules, i was getting lit up in them um in our in our responses they were like man how you gonna do that i'm sitting here like oh shit they called on me first <laughs> and you said they didn't have any problems ever since right no no more problems okay. after that all right well hey so what are we works. talking about <laughs> 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 So now I got a new one for you, Jules, and you're going to okay. enjoy this one. So right. I'm at the airport. I just got back yesterday from a work trip. And so I'm standing in line trying to get myself a little sub for the, for the flight back. And so a mom and a daughter in line in front of me. I would say the daughter is probably no older than maybe four or five. You know, definitely a kid that knows, you know, right from wrong, you know, knows what's going on. So. The kid wanted candy or ice cream. And the mom was like, no, you're going to get a sandwich. You're going to actually have actual food for lunch. So the kid wouldn't budge. She was like, no. She said, I want ice cream and I want some candy. And so then the mom said, what did I tell you? That kid turned to look at her mom and said, no, mom, what did I tell you? 
I want ice cream mm. and some candy. So, Jules, fair or foul on that little four or five year old kid responding to her mom like that? Chris, <laughs> I might, as a shorty, I might ask once, but I'm damn sure not asking again. Cause I know how my mom turn around and look at me, look look at me and tell me, no. Then I tell you, you gonna get some food. I I know at that age not to ask again. So I'm, I'm gonna definitely call foul on. I'm gonna call foul on on that little kid. I'm gonna call foul on that mom too for not going in. Cause we, you know how you, cause how'd you know she didn't go in? Because that was gonna be my second part of the discussion to say. Oh, okay. Mom's reaction was very disappointing. Okay, okay. Cause because, cause little, cause little girl got ice cream. You know, and I ain't even gonna talk more about this. I'm just call, I'm just say foul. I'm just say foul. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what? And I see I see why where she get it. She getting whatever she want. All she had to do is pick pitch a little fit. And the mom's like, okay, here I go. She just buckle down and just give whatever she want. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah, I mean, you know what? I'm gonna call foul on the mom, man. <laughs> yeah. Foul on the mom too. Foul on both of them. And so yeah. What I did, because, you know, I am who I am, Jules. I ordered my sub. Mm-mm. And then as I got my sub, I turned around. And I said, man, I can't wait to have some food for lunch. <laughs> uh. <laughs> now, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I also called foul. I thought foul on that little girl because, dude, if that would have been me at that age, man, my mom and my grandmother, they would have slapped, slapped the piss out of my face, first of all. And then secondly, I wouldn't have to worry about no food because then once you told me one time about getting some food and I pushed back on you, well, you ain't getting nothing. Right. And I really, they would have really showed me then. I'm like, damn, I just want some ice cream. Now I ain't getting nothing. <laughs> oh, hell no. Perez, when you told the story, when she asked to get to no, no, I want ice cream and candy. I said, oh, no. Oh no! I, clearly, she hasn't been disciplined. Cause, mm-hmm. ooh, just think I'm gonna I'm ask, but no, no, mom, I want some. I want to get the sentence out fast enough. No, hell no. Mm-mm. Listen, my mom would have knocked every part of my bed out of me, and then when I came back to living, <laughs> I wouldn't even be able to say the words "ice cream." <laughs> right. <Mm-mm>. Man. <laughs> Moms be like, fix your lip to say you want some ice cream. Mm-mm. Right? Nope. Like, no, I'm scared straight. I don't even need it. <laughs> I'm, I actually, mom, I think I'm lactose intolerant. Right. <laughs> oh, you know what, mom? Candy rot your teeth. I'm a right. Yeah. You know, you like, you know, Dr. Harris did say that I had a cavity, mom. So I'm okay on the candy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then, dude, you still be sitting, man. What you say? What you tell the little girl? Oh, I, can't wait to, I can't wait to eat the for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> she looked at you like, what the fuck? Yeah, I, I, got, I got this death stare from her and the mom. I'm like, all right, whatever. Mm. I'm not over here trying to, to say, hey, she should have, like, hauled off and beat shit out of the kid. But, man, where's the, the correction of the behavior? Like, their whole right. talking back type of thing. Now, I do want parents in this world to let your kid have a voice because it's important for your kid to have a voice but it's got to be within reasons it needs to be respectful and if you tell your child no then that's what it is ain't no debate right uh-uh who i'm gonna negotiate with mm-hmm. i ain't got no money i'm four years old right <laughs> right 
But to <laughs> the point that you made about this little girl is that obviously that little girl doesn't have many repercussions for her actions. And that's probably why she felt that it was okay in that moment in a crowded ass airport to say, no, mom, what did I tell you? I was like, what the hell? <laughs> I can imagine. I can see your face now. Bro, my eyes are fucking big as hell. I'm like, what did she just say? <laughs> I turned around and looked at this guy in line. The guy in line looked at me. He was like, man, she was loud about it too. She said, no, mom, what did I tell you? I was like, ooh, mm. shit. And she had her hand on her hip. Ooh. Okay, Miss Thing. Mm-hmm. Couldn't tell her nothing. And she got that ice cream. She was eating that ice cream when I walked by and I let her know. I'm like, well, I'm glad I'm having some sub for lunch. (laughs) (laughs) I hope the little girl, I hope she changed her ways when she get older. But in this in in the way she's going, I don't know. I hope I hope so, man. But random, (laughs) random girl at the airport. I I just want you, I just want you to do better in your life, okay? Random girl at the airport. <laughs> I hope so too. <laughs> that shit there, man. Right oh, now, man. she is not doing her part. Ugh, one day, though. Mm, she probably got some. She still. She probably still eating on some ice cream. Probably right now. Mm-hmm. She probably sitting somewhere right now at the crib. My mom trying to get her to have some lunch. She's like, no, ice cream. <laughs> I don't know. She'll figure it out, though. Yeah. But let, let's get into these mailbag questions, Jules, because we got a lot. Okay. So the first one right. came over from my boy Scott, who lives out in L.A., and he wanted to know, what did you guys think about the Currys filing for divorce? Jules, talk to him. Man, dude. I saw that. I was like, man, what happened? You <laughs> know, because they get like, they're like the face of the, the NBA as far as happy couple, happy family. Power couple, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, didn't read more into it. It's like, well, of course, <laughs> everything glitter ain't gold, right? So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know, just like a lot of family, there's issues that if people. Hey, it is what it is. We all have issues, and it's been like this for it seemed like for some while because both of them claiming they both messing around. I don't know what he's thinking. You know, I'm just speculating, and they had problems. Sonia had enough. They've been separated since last year, I believe. Last yeah, March June. March of 2020 or March something like or something that. like that. Yep. Okay. And she moved on. She moved into an, uh, with another cat. And, and they're like, wait a minute. No, no, you moved out and you cheated. So I should have to pay you no alimony. So now it's, it's going to something else. And it's just ugly. I'm just sad that this happened. You're a former NBA player. You're in the limelight. I'm pretty sure he gets a bunch of, bunch of females coming at him. You get a weak moment or whatever the case may be. You you take it. Things happen. You start this avalanche and, you know, you affect this marriage because they've been married for 33 years. Yep. You know, it, it's just it's just a shame that it, it happened, Chris. I'm, um, I'm sorry it happened, but, you know, wherever the circumstances is, um, is uh, I believe they, they don't want to work it out. So they agreed to, hey, listen, let's just part ways. Right. Now, one of the things that you talked about that I wanted to touch on was the fact that you said, hey, everything uh, that glitters ain't gold. And that's pretty much a, a huge lesson I think that a lot of people need to learn. Because when you looked at this couple, when, when the Warriors were in the playoffs, and they would always flash to Dale and Sonya in the stands. Yep. Maybe cheering for, for Steph, you know what I mean? And when you looked at that, you were like, man, this is the power NBA parent power couple, right? They raised yep. three successful kids. Married for 33 years. 
You would think, man, on paper, you're like, man, they are living the American dream. But yeah. this is the reason why I mind my business in life, Jules, because what mm-hmm. people do behind closed doors, you don't know all the ins and outs of people's marriages, their relationships, or just who they are in general. So you never know. So the only question I had on it was just, why are they getting divorced now? After 33 years? You got to think about it. Y'all have been buried this long. Y'all probably already had all these problems. Dale probably was doing his thing in the streets. She got him back and she was doing her thing. Y'all got kids. You got grandkids. Y'all are built up this amazing fortune together. And everybody so just you- looks at you all like as a power couple. Like, why now? No, I, that's a fair question, um, Fred. So where are you going? Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I pray that this is what they really want. I want them, why they separated, to give them some time to think and see if, if this is what they really want. Because let's be honest, I'm going to be honest with you. It can work. But they both have to agree to say, hey, you know what? We want this marriage. We love each other. We want to make this work. There had to be some forgiveness and forgets and, and let's move on and some therapy and some talking and some <laughs> soul searching. But it can work. Yeah, that's it. Now that's if they want. But it kind of looks at this point where they've both kind of decided, yeah, well, this is it. She's mm-hmm. moved on and, and Dale's probably going to have to move on. But I mean, to that point, man, when I think about the situation, you can come back from damn near anything relationship-wise sometimes, uh-huh. but you got to be willing, like you mm-hmm. said, to, to put that work and effort in. But obviously in this situation, maybe they just both decided, no, nah, we're done with it. It's just surprising, though. After 33 years of marriage, man, jeez. I don't know. Wow. Uh-oh. It's cheaper to keep them. Hey, mm-hmm. you know what? <laughs> it's not just like, hey, not just... Dale over here like, no, nah, I ain't about to be paying no alimony. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Dale oh, trying to get man. out of that. But all jokes aside, man, I just hate seeing this because when, when I looked at it on paper, I was like, man, this is awesome. Like, this is like an example of just like a beautiful marriage and as far as what I thought. And so it gave me hope. And when you see stuff like that happen, you're like, well, damn. Right. Does love right. exist anymore? What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, 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 yeah, it's funny that you say that, Fred. It's definitely, you look at them, you think of uh, the Cosby's. You think of the Huxables. Mm-hmm. And you're like, man, power couple, everything, successful. And it's like, whoa, what happened? It kind of it kind of rock you like, wow. Mm-hmm. But... There's a lot of power couples out there. A lot of people married is happening. It's just this. Hey, they 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 had a good run. I just hope whatever it is, man, they can just handle this stuff behind closed doors, handle it amicably, mm-hmm. and just move on. You know, life is too short. You guys have raised kids together. You have an amazing family. You guys probably had really great memories when things were good. So just think about that aspect of things, move on, and just, you know, I just don't like the whole public aspect of things and the errand of dirty laundry. I just, I, that's never been a thing of mine. I, I just don't like that kind of stuff. So I hope that they can yeah. kind of maybe keep some of this stuff more behind uh, closed doors and do it privately. No, I, I'm with you, Press. I'm with you. All right. The next question comes over from Felicia from Summerlin, Nevada. And Felicia wanted to know, do you guys still think it's a good idea for people to get the vaccine, even though vaccinated people are still catching COVID? Hey, Felicia, you know, good question. I, you know what? I got we're vaccinated. I say, I say, get it. I say, get it. We had a, a episode on on it. We talked. We brought up again after we got the vaccination. And my past always says, "He's better to have, not need, need not have." It's just good to have, 
where even if you do get uh, COVID, you have a better chance of fighting fighting that uh, that virus off. Yeah, I I think Felicia, I still feel good about my decision to get vaccinated. And I'm going to stand by those original comments uh, that I made on that episode that Jules referenced. I would rather have some sort of protection than nothing at all. And I mean, you could use Mm -hmm. that for any part of your life. So it's not just the vaccine. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I do realize that fully vaccinated people are still getting infected. But we know that. We knew that that would be the case. The difference is, hopefully, with me and Jules and people that we know that were vaccinated, we're not going to get the version of COVID that's going to end up putting us in the hospital or worse, that could kill us. And there's no COVID vaccine that's 100% effective. We know that already. But I was okay with the fact of reducing my risk of being dead or going into the hospital. And so also... I wanted to be able to travel. I wanted to be able to do so without the risk of infecting others and also bringing that shit back to my family. So, you know, for mm-hmm. me, I, I did it because I thought it was the responsible thing to do for, you know, the people around me. I agree with you. I'll press a quick story. I was at work and a person 40 years old passed away, COVID, 40 mm. years old. Now, he, he, he was a diabetic, but he went to Vegas, came back, he found out he had COVID maybe a week and he ended up passing away. Jesus Christ, man. I asked his, ne- I asked his nephew, did he get the shot? And he said, no. So I would say just best to have it. Yeah. And, and, and one thing, too, about that, Jules, now we know this variant that's coming through here now has posed a bit of a challenge about these vaccines. But I would still say, people, if you are on the fence about it, just talk to someone that's in the profession and, and try to get your information. Stay off of these social media sites with these conspiracy theory videos that are out there because I think that's part of the problem. You know, we talked about it in the past. There's a lot of misinformation out there and people are afraid. And, and, and rightfully so. There's been some things in our government in their past that they've done to the people. And so we have to obviously do what's best for us and make decisions that are best for ourselves. And that's what I did when I got that vaccine. So I think what you have to do, Mm -hmm. Felicia, if you haven't been vaccinated, is do what's right for you. If you feel in your heart that, hey, you stand on the fact that you don't believe in being vaccinated, well, that's that's on you. And I made the decision that was Mm -hmm. best for me. No, you're right. You got got the choice. Well, for now. (laughs) Well, see now, Jules, that's a good point because it's going to come to the point where they're going to start making that shit uh, mandatory. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be an even deeper conversation that we will get into in a future episode. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> Best believe. All right. The next question comes over from Mark from Hampshire, Illinois. And he wanted to know, how'd you guys feel about Spike Lee's comments on 9-11? Very controversial comments by Spike. Ooh. Hey, you know what? He wasn't the first one that said this, though. His a lot of people have been saying it. Right. A lot of people have been saying yeah. it. Yeah. Because Spike was just saying, well, the temperature of the of the flame, the fire, to be able to burn them steel, and the the uh, where the towers got hit at, it took the whole tower down. There's a fair uh, question to ask. You know, I just want to get down to the bottom. Hey, listen, if there's some more to this, the American people need to know. So if it's not, you know what? All right, we got the we got everything we need to know about 9/11. I think it's fair. I don't think it should be. I don't think it's controversial. I mean. It's it's just a question come up like, well, you got another tower building that collapsed. How the the, the degrees of the uh, flame, how was it able to burn that steel? How was both towers able to crumble just straight down? I mean, it's a fair question. Now, 
Now, me, Prez, I ain't, I'm not going to lie to you. If it's something more, I might not want to know about it. You know what I'm saying? It's <laughs> been 20 years. It's been 20 years, and I'm just like, man, you get all those people, lost, almost 3,000 people die, perish from, from those attacks. And if some more to it from our end, from the United States side, I don't know if I can handle it, Perez. I'm, I'm just being for real with you. No, I, I mean, I hear you, but I think also, too, if there was something more to it, then I think those families deserve to know. But you're right, Jules. Over the years, a lot of people were just saying, hey, how did uh, steel melt? How did those buildings collapse straight down? Because what it looked like to me in the moment, and this, this is when I was much younger, I looked at it, it was like, it looked like one of those demolitions. Remember like how when they used to tear down those uh, Vegas hotels yep. and they just come straight down? Yep. That's what it looked like. So, I don't know. So, Spike, he's not um, he's not one to duck away from making remarks like that. Because you remember when um, when those the Hurricane Katrina situation happened. And Spike Lee said, hey, he thought that New Orleans did that. He thought that okay. they he thought okay. they breached those levees intentionally to drive out the poor people from those areas because he said they wanted to come in there and take those areas because they were close to the profit line of, of New, in New Orleans. So he's not been one to, to shy away from making um, comments and speaking his mind. So <laughs> in that moment, he said, hey, they flooded out those poor black people because when, when you guys think back to what happened with Hurricane Katrina, who were the people that were uh, impacted by that? It oh, was African-American yeah. people. And some of those areas still not built up. I my wife and I went to New Orleans, I would say maybe about five years ago, and they have like a tour. Mm-hmm. You can go, go into them areas. And it's still not built up. No. I, yeah, because I, I was there a couple years ago, Jules, and to that point, no. Some of those places still haven't been touched. Now, they have mm-hmm. done a lot, because there have been a lot of those famous people that have been going down there, throwing money down there to try to help rebuild. But it's so much of it. I mean, you could go to some of those areas. You could still see where they have the markings on the doors letting you know if someone was found in there. So that was kind of surreal to see when we went on that tour as well. It was tough. You know, just tough to think that people in those moments were dying, you know, in that area. And here you are going on a tour looking at it. You know, it's just kind of weird. Yeah, right. And that's kind of how I feel with the 9-11 thing. So I get where you're going with that spike. But, man, some of those people that lost uh, family members in that and that horrific attack, they're probably still trying to figure out ways of coping with that. So sometimes it's not cool to drudge up uh, people's grief like that. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I, I'm just, I just pray that nothing, nothing foul was was on, you know, on far as American side, what happened to those people. Because I cannot even fathom what would go through my mind if I found out that my family member had lost a life at 9-11. Hopefully, uh, it was nothing besides what we saw on TV. Because we, what we saw on TV, to me, was pretty clear what happened there. So that's the way that I view it until uh, until I'm told otherwise. All right, Jules. Next question comes over from Justin from Overland Park, Kansas. He wanted to know, what are your thoughts on that violent fan attack or fight that happened in Pittsburgh? That one was crazy. Press. What the world? I'm sitting up here looking at this thing like, what is going on here? <laughs> this is, <laughs> I was like, what is going on? Listen, all I know one thing, dude, now it looked like he was talking to the man at first because he was looking in his direction and it looked like his female just got up in his face. But once the guy, he kind of, it looked like he pointed his finger at her and she slapped him and then he just went off. Mm-hmm. And then the man, then the man got up and just got rocked. Yeah, he did get rocked. 
oh man. And I'm just like, man, what, you know, what is all, I'm like, what's this about? But I don't like fights like that. I mean, you're there to watch the uh, watch football game. You're there, whatever uh, sporting event or wherever you venture at, you're there to have a good time, be entertained. You know, whatever the case may be, if there's words, keep it as words, but you don't have to put, you don't have to punch your finger nobody, you don't have to hit nobody, you don't have to slap anybody. I'm glad that when, at the end of it, people was like, oh no, she slapped him first. I mean, you know, she touched him first or whatever the case may be. And, but people, let's just, let's keep it civil. It, it, you know, if you're from a rival team, like if you go visit, like let's say I'm in Detroit watching the uh, the Bears and Lions play and I'm rocking the Chicago Bear jersey, I know people are going to give me static for it, but we keep it at that. We'll just keep it at words and move on. I mean, that's, that's all we can do. You shouldn't be putting your hands on anybody. No, I agree with you there, Jules. Uh, I actually, uh, I had spoke with a, a Pittsburgh Steelers podcaster who said that his mm. parents were at that game and they were in that section where the thing happened. So from what I was told, now this is just allegedly, they said okay. that the woman that was sitting behind the black man, she was playing and kept touching his hair. He had long kind of like hair. And okay, right. he was trying to watch the game. And I guess he kept saying, like, don't touch my hair. And so they were saying that he initially, like to Jules's point, was directing his comments towards the guy. And I guess the woman then got up and was telling him, like, you know, shut the hell up, this and that, you know, said what she had to say. Then I guess from this, this is just for me watching this video. I saw him put his hands up to almost say, don't to her, don't touch me. And I right. think when she saw that, she just hauled off and slapped the shit out of him because she probably thought that he was going to try to hit her. So to Jules' point, I don't like seeing this kind of shit. This is like stupid. We go to ball games to enjoy a sport. We had sports taken from us where we weren't even able to enjoy it live. And you got people that are sitting here more interested in beefing with the people that sit around them than enjoying the product out on the field. What is going on with you people? Anybody that does this at these games, you're a weirdo. Stop it. Knock it off. Now, we should not be putting our hands on anybody. Female, male, keep your fucking hands to yourself. I have some fucking heat for the guy that that woman was with because you should have got your ass up and got involved in that situation. You could have fucking stopped that whole situation from getting to the point that it got to, but you didn't do anything. You sat there and had her doing all that extra shit and you got your ass knocked out. Hey, sure did. Hey, Perez, yeah, you're right. He should, he could have nipped that in the butt a long time ago. Hey, baby, come on, sit down. You know, we good. She egged it on, and then she, hey, hey, when she slapped dude, at this point, well, he had to get up now. But when he got up, ooh, he, he got sat right back down. And he was laying down. You know? Yeah, he was, man. I was like, God damn, dude, put your hands up or something. Mm-hmm. But I'll just say this, man. I hope in the future, all of these individuals that were involved in this incident handle themselves differently in the future. Because this is just a bad look for all three of them. It's just, it's not a yeah. good look for the female, for that black dude, and then especially that guy that got his ass knocked out. I mean, come on, man. Your friends and shit saw that, bro. <laughs> hey, Juzo, you see me get knocked out on camera, man. It's, the Pulling Back the Curtain <laughs> podcast is going to go on a hiatus for like a month. Oh, damn. I'll be sleeping in the garage. I'm like, no. I don't even deserve to be in the house on that one. Oh, man. I hope this lady took care of him when he got home because, God, dog. I was like, damn, dude. Got his ass lit up. And I told you a story last, oh, not last season, the season before last at a Bears game 
there was a fan that was yelling at me to sit down. First of all, I don't have to do anything you're telling me to do. Secondly, uh-huh. I'm at a sporting event and I'm cheering for my team. And if you can't see, right. then you stand your ass up, right? So the person said a little comment to me. I turned around and said, no, I'm good. I'm going to keep standing. I was done talking to him because you know how I am with situations like that, Jules. I'm not about to be going back and forth with you. I don't know you. But now if you want to have a conversation with me down here, now that's something totally different. But this back mm-hmm. and forth like this, yelling back rolls, no, I ain't doing all that. So I kept standing. Right. Other people around me, then they stood because then they let him know, no, we're in a football game. We're going to stand up. Now, I will tell you, the person that I was with, he sat his ass down. That showed me a lot about that individual because I didn't uh, sit down. What? Sh- <laughs> 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 That's where we are with that. <laughs> but the point of me telling that story was just the fact that I know how easy those situations can escalate because you got people there yep. that are drinking. You know, everybody's uh, testosterone is up. And in that moment, I'm like, you know what? I'm not about to just keep going back and forth. You can say whatever you want. You can call me all these names. Because he was yeah, yelling insults and saying all that other stuff. But I know at the end of the day, buddy, you're not going to say that type of stuff in my face. So we good. Right. And I'm going to keep right. standing up. So it was all mm-hmm. good to me. I've known you for I don't know how many years. And I'm just pitching your face. <laughs> Dude didn't want any, man. He did not want any. That's why he didn't come down there. Because, mm-hmm. brother, you got one of those looks like, yeah, all right, I'm, I'm going to keep on pushing. <laughs> I'm going to keep on pushing, man. <laughs> Look, man, my mom always said this about me. She's like, you could go from uh, sugar to shit in, in, in five seconds. Mm, man, ain't that the truth. <laughs> I'm just pitching your face, looking at this dude, not blinking. Nose flared up. Yep. <laughs> uh-uh. Nope. <laughs> Hell, if I if I didn't know that dude, I'd be like, bro, hey man, you, you just go ahead, just 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 stand up, just, just keep watching the game. You don't want none of that, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, I'd be like, I'd be like kazoo off the Flintstones. <laughs> now I'm telling my age people, but don't laugh at me. I'll be like kazoo off, <laughs> off the Flintstones. That big ass head. Call you dumb dumb. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, hey, dumb dumb, you almost <laughs> <laughs> you just you just flew on his shoulder. Uh-uh, not today. <laughs> oh, that is great. That is great. All right, man. Let's get to the next question. So the next one comes over from David from Normal, Illinois. And Jules, he wanted to know what is the most random thing you've purchased online? Man, you know what, Prez? I don't purchase much, but my ass purchased a uh a chain with a lion with a lion charm on it. Okay. I got that thing. That thing was terrible. <laughs> it looked good on the picture. <laughs> I said, I ain't never buy no more jury offline again, man. They, people don't laugh at me, people. I'm laughing at you. Wait, hold on. So, <laughs> so in the end, was it 20, 24 karat gold? You get this thing. You're like, why is this thing green? <laughs> man, I looked at it. Nah, I think I donated to a thrift store or something like that. So did the, the, the medallion, did it look like a lion or did it look like a dog that they made to try to look like a lion? It, it, it looked like a lion, but it was just terrible. It was it was cheap. It was it was cheap looking. I, yeah, that was the first and last time, Prince. But, you know, other, other stuff you get, I, I can use, you know, stuff I use or need. And I just saw this chain. I said, yeah, get a little chain with a lion medallion on that. I said, oh, it look good. I get it. And it was like, man, this thing sucked. 
So, audience, you guys wouldn't know this, but a little inside joke between me and Jules is I occasionally will call him two chains because there's a lot of times where Jules mm-hmm. will rock his double chains. <laughs> rocking no chains now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Matter of fact, one of my chains broke. One of my chains broke. That's why I ain't even I haven't been rocking any chains, actually. Yeah, one of them broke, one of them snapped. So I got my sister law fixing it. And then the other chain, I just is sitting in the jury box. It's too well, hot, man. It's too hot, but it ain't the same. You, you would you <laughs> look right with just a single chain. I'm just telling you. Right. I got so used to it with the double. So just wait till your sister-in-law fixes that, man, before you put before okay. you get another chain again. I think this Christmas or my birthday, I'm going to get another one. I'll write three chains. <laughs> oh, see, he's just doing that to mess up the nickname. <laughs> <laughs> Because I can't call them three chains. It don't hit the same. <laughs> oh, I'm about to figure something out. <laughs> to be determined, Jules. To be determined. <laughs> okay. All right, so my answer to this one, Jules, you're, gonna, you're probably going to come at me a little bit on this one, but I, I just got to tell you. So there was a time, it was probably about six years ago, man. I'm not going to tell you what type of uh, mental uh, situation I was in, but it was late night. So that'll probably give you guys, audience, a little example of why I ordered this shit. I ordered a package of 500 communion wafers. Okay. So I'm not going to lie to you. Okay. When I was a kid, I was always fascinated by communion. And I used to love, you know, the first Sunday getting that communion. They crack that wafer in half in front of you, get that body of Christ, right? So I was always like, man, I wonder if you could order these things. So three o'clock in the morning, six years ago, I figured it out. Ordered that shit on Amazon. Now, I don't want anybody thinking I'm, I'm some sort of heathen here. I know that if you have communion wafers that have been, you know, preyed upon and, and things of that nature, that's a no-go. These wafers that I ordered were totally unconsecrated. So it was totally fair for me to have some wafers. And I ate a few. And then um, I quickly remembered why they only gave you those things once a month because uh-huh. they don't yeah. taste like much. Nah, ain't no, ain't no flavor to it. Uh-uh. <laughs> Just, wait a minute, did you have, did you have some grape juice with these wafers or? No. I did you just eat wafers? I just ate the wafers. Mm-hmm. I had, I ate about, wow. about 10, I ate about 10 of them and I was like, all right, I'm done with these. Nope, no grape juice. Cause I really, I, I think if I'd have done the wafers and the grape juice, Jules, then I feel like, man, I'd have felt guilty. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing over here doing this? <laughs> Man, that's that's a dude. <laughs> yeah, that's a, <laughs> some wafers, communion wafers at that. Communion wafers. Mm-hmm. Uh. Eight, ten of them, and I'm like, nah, I'm done with this. What, what, what happened to the other wafers? I had to uh, pitch them, man. <laughs> <laughs> the other four hundred and ninety were gone. I had to get them out of oh, there. Oh damn, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> And also, too, I started to kind of feel bad, too. Like, man, what am I doing? I need to get this out of the house. There's <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, a wafers. Now, that is now that is just, man, that's a good one. Yeah, hey, listen, they they, they asked for most random. I have some other ones, but I'm going to keep those uh, to myself. But uh, that was one of the ones that I felt comfortable sharing, even though I know some people are going to hit me up. The Catholics are probably going to be like, Perez, I didn't like that. And I just want to have to let Uh-oh. you know that, listen, no one preyed upon those wafers. They were fair game. It was fair. Okay. Fair game. Fair game. 
<laughs> That'll be a next up question, fair foul. Yeah, <laughs> and it's gonna be listen. That probably is gonna be our next fair foul. <laughs> oh man! Uh, but could you imagine? Now, friends, you got to go with juice too. Oh man! Yeah, you gonna have to go and say your four Hail Marys and four Our Fathers, man. Man, I should. I had to do that two times a day anyway. So <laughs> damn. <laughs> Just add that to the list. <laughs> All right. Just add it, add it on. I'll take care of it. Yep. There you go. All right. But yeah, so that was my audience. And like I said, bring the heat because I know you guys are going to come for me. I'm here for it. Mm. All right, Jules. The next question comes over from Fred from Bridgeview, Illinois. And he wanted to know because he said he listened to us on season one talk about some of our favorite shows from the 90s. So he wanted to know. Uh-huh. What was our favorite episode of Martin? Because he said that's his favorite show. Oh, man. Fred, excellent question. It's a lot of shows I love for Martin. The one that always sticks out when Brother Man stole Martin's this man. <laughs> man. Martin couldn't... He bought this like a $400 disc. It's a disc, man. And next minute, it was gone. So he, he, he think everybody, you know, Pam, Gina, Tommy, and Cole, somebody, somebody took it. So he orchestrated the scene off New Jack City when Nino had a, had a meeting when the Carter went down. Yep. So he reacted that scene. You know, he had the, the thundering going. Martin had this fake, this fake, uh, uh, a fake dog. <laughs> he was making it bark and stuff. You can see the late Tommy, he in the background was just laughing. He broke character. Yep. Because you can see him in the background laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and at the end of the day, brother man coming. He came out the bathroom, and, uh, uh, or he no, he came from the the window, and he gave uh, Martin his uh his uh this man back, and he was like, "Wait a minute," he said, "You had all along," <laughs> and brother man was like, "Did you get the note I left underneath the sink?" And Martin like, "Why would you leave a note underneath the sink?" He said, "Cause I used up all your toilet paper." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. that episode right there, man, I love that episode. And also, too, just seeing Martin with that damn stuffed animal, bro, that uh-huh. was the funniest shit ever. Because you, you're right. Tommy couldn't keep that shit in. He was laughing his ass off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> boy, that man, that show was man, that show was hitting, boy. That was that was that was a good show, man. <laughs> oh, goodness, goodness, goodness. So this was a tough question, Fred, because that show just has so many great characters, so many great episodes. Probably one of my favorite uh, shows of all time. Mm-hmm. I have to go with best episode was the one with Gina and Martin. They ended up on that same resort as uh, Tommy and Pam. Remember oh, that they did like a yeah. little couples trip thing? Yep. God, I forget. What was the name of the island? Oh, Chilligan's Island. Like, yeah, Chilligan's Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> right. And oh, I remember man. that one because Gina was kind of jealous that Tommy and, uh, and Pam was going away on the trip. So then Martin saw the advertisement on the back of the cereal box for this place, Chilligan's Island, so then they decided to go. <laughs> Worst mistake ever. But oh. the, the best part about that episode, Jules, was remember when Pam and Martin, they was fighting that. Remember, they were like, that ain't no damn puppy. They was fighting that right. room. <laughs> yeah, whatever that was. It looked like an oversized uh, possum or something. I don't yeah. know. But the shit was so funny because remember Martin threw this shit and then somebody threw it back at him. That shit had me yeah. tight. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's a good one. 
<laughs> and, then, and then I liked how the exchange, like Pam and, uh, and Martin always go at it, but they tagged him on that road. Yeah. <laughs> and Martin was like, Pam, thanks for getting my back. He said, damn. And he was out wearing your little ass. <laughs> Mark was like, I know it's rough to fighting a family member or something. Yeah. <laughs> they put the differences aside real quick, though, for that yeah. situation. That shit had me dying. Oh, goodness. It's a mm. great question, brother. Great question. All right. The next question comes oh, from Stephanie from Alexa, Kansas. She wants to know, what were you guys' thoughts on Kanye's listening party at Soldier Field? I don't know what to make of it, Press. <laughs> but, but I took my hat off to uh, Kanye. He went to Gay. He was born and raised in Chicago. He brought it back here. Had people come out to Soldier Field, the greatest football stadium of all time, Press. Yes, and, um, and, uh, and, you know, had to listen to part. It's more of a, like a concert, I, was, I would say. He didn't perform. He was just playing music he and did, dancing, he and he did all the different sets and stuff. So Okay. Yeah, yeah it was like some form of a... Like a like a player in a way. Yeah, almost. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was genius. I thought it was genius on his part. I didn't hear the album yet. It comes out in September, I believe. Well, we'll see, because you know how these, oh, right, yeah. these albums. Yeah, yeah, true. True. We still waiting on Dr. Dre. Yeah. That's what I think about. It. I think as far as the marketing himself and the and the album coming out, I think it's genius. You know, he named this one after his mom, his late mother. You know, he had other artists that come through and the place was packed. I mean, I don't understand the whole mass thing. Some, you know, I, you know, that part right there is like, ah, well, you know, that's yay. That's yay for you. Yep. But hey, man, I, hey, I ain't got no problem with it, man. I think it's cool. So, it, so it's crazy, man. So Sid, she went with, uh, with a couple of her friends. So she came oh, back okay. from school, but she was telling me some stories about it. And I'm sitting here like looking at her texts and looking at her videos. And I'm like, uh, this shit kind of crazy. She shit me some shit where he mm. set himself on fire, but then you don't know if it was actually him or if it was a stunt double, but they had that that was going on. Marilyn Manson came out. The baby came out. And I'm sitting here, when I saw that type of stuff, I'm like, oh, Kanye, you being controversial, man. You know that both of these oh. cats are in the news right now. What the hell, right. Kanye? That's right. I didn't even think about that. Right, yep. right. And then the part that I thought was kind of cool was the fact that he had them build a replica of his childhood home at Soldier Field. So they built that home on the field. So that was kind of cool. But then I thought about the fact that the Bears, and this is probably why they want to move the fucking Arlington Heights, because the Park District is allowing people to construct shit on the field. The hell? Mm. The Bears got to play football in this stadium. This man that came in here and did all this construction. Crazy. Yeah, man. I hope they get it ready in time for, for the season. Yeah, I'm sure it will be, but sh- okay. but just think about that though. That's the field they got to play on. They did all this nonsense. That's just an example of just some things <laughs> I, I worry about with that park district. I'm like, man, y'all are crazy. But the the listening party itself, it was cool. I actually was watching it on uh, on Apple TV, and so I was kind of watching along with it for a little bit, and I was listening to some of the songs, and I'm like, you could tell he's really still trying to figure out where he wants to go with this album. And so the what the okay. my thoughts on it was the fact that I like that he gave us like an inside view into how he goes about making an album. I thought that was really cool. Because then you also understand a lot of times when these artists, when they do have these albums, you never know what artist they probably originally was going to have on a feature and they take them off of the feature and they put someone else on there. And that's what we're kind of learning because 
each of these listening parties he's done in other cities, one song he had Jay-Z and some other people, then he took him off and he put the baby on it. So it's like, you could tell he's still trying to figure out the type of sound and how he wants the album to come across. So I thought that was kind of cool because most of the time these artists, when they're going through that creative process, they do that shit behind closed doors. He basically is allowing you to see firsthand how he's going about crafting the album. And he came back to his hometown and did that for the people in Chicago. So I thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> as long as he can come up with some good music, I, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm good at it. And shout out to all those fans because, dude, they were out there till like 2.30 in the morning rocking with Kanye. And shout out to them dancers because when I was watching the live stream on that thing, I was looking at them. I'm like, they look like they was tired. Like, just straight up tired. Better than me. I know my <laughs> ass was in home in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they but they said it was a good time. So, you know, it all, okay. it's all good. That's good. There. Yep. Okay. Now, we got a lot of Kanye questions that came in. So I pretty much took yours, Jacob, because it kind of encompassed what everybody else wanted to, to find out what we thought. So Jacob from Indianapolis, Indiana says, do you all respect Kanye West? I respect everybody. That's just me. He's a great musician, an artist, and I don't have a problem with Kanye. I respect him. Uh, but it's just some of the other stuff, uh, the mask and some of the other things, his character, I I don't, I don't know the man personally, but some things I can live with, I can do without. But him as an artist and as a person, I I I, I have no problem with him. I, I, I mean, I respect him. Yeah, I think when I look at this question, Jacob, I have to separate, and it's probably going to be, people are going to say, you can't separate the two, but I'm going to separate the two. I'm going to say Kanye the artist, I respect. I respect the creativity. I respect the artistry. I respect the marketing aspect of him. He -hmm. knows how to keep people interested. He also knows how to keep people talking about him. That's part of why he's a billionaire. Now, Kanye the person, it's hard for me to respect him. Now, I don't know him, so I will have to mm-hmm. preface it there. Never met the man, never had a conversation with him. But when I say that it's tough for me to respect him as a person, Jacob, it's because of the comments that he made about slavery. That was oh. something that I just, it okay. just really bothered me, right? right? Right, 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 right. You can't call something like that a choice. Those are your direct ancestors. And the fact that they died in those circumstances, and a lot of times, well, most of them just spent their whole lives enslaved, for you to be out here making money and then to, to call their legacy of life a choice, I thought that was fucked up. Mm. His support oh. for Donald Trump, bro, that shit kind of lost me a little bit. I didn't know what the hell that was about. And then that Kardashian shit, bro. Like, it's just a lot of that stuff with Kanye. I was just like, man, what are you doing, bro? What's up, man? <laughs> what happened to you? Because it was a big difference between graduation day Kanye and the Kanye that we see today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Oh, Prez, I totally forgot about that comment he made about slavery. Yeah, that was, I don't know, I forgot how, how long ago that was. Uh, but yeah, you can't you can't make a comment like that and call it a choice. As his creative side, creativity side, creative side, rather, man's a genius. But some of the controversial comments that he made and things that he done, yeah, it's like, I, I can live without. Right, exactly. So, no. Fair question, Jacob. And I'm telling you, Jules, we had about eight or nine other questions that were just like that. So <laughs> pretty much everybody wanted to know what our thoughts were because obviously that listening party happened. Kanye had some tr- controversy aspects of that. So those are our thoughts. Mm. Last question, Jules. 
because of okay. Justin. Sauk Village, Illinois. Okay. I got to give Village. the audience some backstory on Justin as we get into the question. So Justin says, I spent the last 22 months in jail and I've recently been paroled. He asked, what advice do you have for me? Now, audience, before I let Jules get in here, I did want to say that Justin shared with us that his parole officer actually shared our podcast with him and shared some links to some episodes from season two that he told him, hey, you need to listen to this type of stuff. These are some brothers that have a really inspiring message and a really great platform. Well, Jacob, not only just listened to those two episodes, he told me, he said he ripped through every episode in our season two, and now he's going to start working on season mm. three. So he said, hey, I will hope that you guys give me some advice because he said he's trying to turn his life around. Oh, wow. I appreciate him listening and and went down this rabbit hole and, and, and checking us out. And, you know, Prez, I get asked this question a good amount. You know, being out there in the streets, I deal, talk to different people, meet different people. And I want to tell... I'm going to tell Justin what I just want to let him know that because he was in there, there's no disgrace. To remain in there is the, is the disgraceful part. We, we all have, we all did and done things and said things to, to put us in, in, in a situation where, so I want him to forgive himself. And I want him to know that this isn't him. He can move on from this. And, and, and with him asking this question, he wants to move on and he wants to do better for himself. And I appreciate him asking us this. I, I, I would say, I would say you have to have a plan. First, get you, first, I would say get you a nice meal. Get you a nice meal, get some nice rest because yeah, I can't only imagine it was it's not easy in there. You need a support system. If it's your mom, if it's your dad, your auntie, uncles, brothers, you need a good support system. You can't get out and then go back to the same living because you'll just go back. You'll just fall right back into the traps and you, you'll be right back in there. So you got to change. You got to change your ways. And nothing is more powerful than a changed mind, than a made up mind. So get your good, solid foundation. Get your good support system. Come up with a plan. If it's school, if it's a trade, if it's work, a lot of people are hiring. You got to get your plan. And when we get your plan, you got to have like develop these like these five C's. You got to be clear. You got to be concise. You got to be confident, credible, and compelling. Because you have to believe yourself. And if you don't believe it, nobody else is going to believe in you. Brother, I'm going to definitely be praying for you. And I know you're going to be back. You're getting, going to get back on your feet because you want it and you want to change what you got going on. And man, I, and I'm, proud of, I'm proud of you for it. It's not easy. You're going to go through some bumps. You're going to go through some hardships. You're going to go through trials and tribulation. And I just want to let you know, man, don't ever give up. Don't ever give up. If you want to reach out to us, you can. I'll get information about getting whatever it is, get it expunged so it's not on your, you know, it'll be sealed. And, and just move on, man. This is just one thing. Just one thing. It didn't come to stay. It come to pass. It did not come to stay. So in the launch, shortly put, get a good foundation, get a plan, and execute it. Hey, as well said there, Jules, I, I have to second the part of Justin. You just have to realize that this isn't going to be an easy process. And I'm sure you already know that. So just prepare yourself for the long haul here. And I would just say no amount of planning is going to be able to prepare you for just you returning back to society. But I think the best part about this is that you're reaching out and you're taking advice from other people. So the parole officer gave you 
our podcast. You didn't have to do anything with that, but mm-hmm. you did. And that shows me right there that you did learn something from your time. And you also said you want to do better. You don't want to go back in there. So my quick advice to you is be open-minded to change. You got to be flexible because as Jules mentioned, you're going to probably run into some adversity. You're going to have people that are going to look at you and say, oh, he's an ex-felon. They're not going to give you a shot. So you have to, in your mind, be prepared for doors to close. But you have to be agile enough to be able to forge your own path ahead, despite the fact that people are going to be aiming to, to put you down. The only other thing I have for you on this is find yourself a mentor. Now, I know that there's a lot of people out there that have formerly been incarcerated, that have become business owners, that are entrepreneurs and they're successful. Find someone like that that'll be able to help you. Now, as far as work is concerned, and this is something that I've helped out some other young kids with, and you could definitely reach out to me about this offline, but you could Google jobs for people with felonies. Simple. Mm-hmm. And those are companies that will give you a second chance. And these are major companies. So it's, don't think of it as a bullshit job. And like I said, if you want some help with that, let, definitely let me know. And I, and I got you. When I talked about the mentor aspect of things, and you talked about the fact that you listened to season two. Well, I hope you listened to the episode on season two with Cos Marty. He was someone that Jules and I had on the show that ran into some legal issues. He was incarcerated for a number of years. He came out and now he's making a positive impact, not only for himself, but his community. And he's helping to keep other people from going back to jail. So if you would like, I can make an intro for you to Cos, because it may be he may know of some programs and maybe know of some resources that can help you out. So just know that whatever you need going forward, this isn't just answering a mailback question. If you need something, just hit us up. We want to be able to help in any kind of way because if you're reaching out to us on this, it shows that you actually care about your future. And, and if that's what you want, then we're going to be here for you. We're going to ride with you. Yes, sir. <laughs> Definitely. Yes, yes, sir. And, and, and anybody, hell, anybody else, we extend this to anybody. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I hope people realize that, you know, uh, Jules and I, we, we spent a lot of time, a lot of effort into putting together these episodes. There's a lot of concern for making sure that people are taking the information in a way that they know that we're not talking down, that we're not preaching to people, but we're just only trying to just really just put information out there in a way that gets people to look at things from a different perspective or for the case of people that understand Maybe it gives them a different vantage point that they didn't consider already. But all in all, this platform is something that we take very seriously here, and we appreciate the support from all of you. The questions that you guys ask, the comments, the mentions, all of it. I mean, we wouldn't be possible without you. We always say that, but that shit's true. If we don't have you guys listening and supporting this podcast, then what's the point of what we're doing? Then we're just talking to dead air. So again, If any of our listeners, you guys ever need anything, you know how to find us. Hit us up. We got y'all. Jules, going to hit it with that curtain call, bruh. Prayers, this curtain call goes out to Pega Pasolar. As the refugee crisis followed the fall of Cabal in Afghanistan countries, Pasolar has partnered with the Gansi Law Firm in Chicago to help expedite the process to bring refugees into the United States, while also helping those currently in America. Ms. Pasolar is also working to sponsor refugees who she knows through her relatives, but has never met them in person. Ms. Pasolar, President I am Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast family would like to thank you 
and appreciate all your hard work. Hey, Jules, thanks for that curtain call. Shout out to you, Pega. We out. As always, you can find this podcast on Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Deezer, or wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate your continued support of the show. Without you, we wouldn't be. We're the Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast. Thanks for listening.